Jordan, open. Chicago with the lead. Bryant to Shaq. Game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. LeBron James with no record for human life. And he's going to Welcome back to the Ball Boys podcast. Let's go. We um, have an exciting one here. You got joined by, obviously, myself, Callum, being your host, and Big Michael. How you going, man? Good, mate. Good to be here. That's it. Um, we've got an exciting one. It's all going to be about all about the draft today, and then we're going to talk about all of the trades that have happened in the past couple of days. And, of course, today, being the big draft day, there's been a lot of moves, a lot of things going on. So it'll be a good pod. Um, we'll, we'll jump into the draft firstly. So... Um, obviously, going to this draft, uh, a lot of people were saying it's the worst draft ever, worst draft in decades. No one knows what's going on. You got COVID in the background, where it's like, oh, now everyone, those kind of, you can't really train these guys properly. There's no contact. It's uh, a lot of things going on in the world of basketball, which just kind of has affected a lot of these players. So, to some degree, I feel a bit bad for him. But in some degree, there's there's got to be a lot of sleepers, a lot of steel, <laughs> a lot of steals in this draft. Um, just because no one really knows, no, no one could work each other out to, to the full potential that you usually could. So it's yeah. going to be a bit different. Um, what, what's your overall take on the draft? Um, look, yeah, it is a weird draft. I think like every draft I can remember in the last three, four years, there's been a clear number one or it's between two guys and it's like no question. Where, and I guess there is the three, but I feel like they're not at the same level we've seen in other drafts. I, like, I wouldn't be surprised if there's no superstar that comes out of this draft. Yeah, and, and to some degree, I do agree with you. I, I kind of rate the best prospect being maybe like a, a B plus. And yeah. you usually want your best prospect to be an A yeah. kind of thing. And if you have an A plus, that's obviously like a Hall of Famer kind of thing. So, yeah, we'll see how we go. Well, um, I'll ask you the first question would be, who if, if you were the GM... You're the Timberwolves, and you had to pick someone. Who, who would you take at number one? Who, who was your best prospect? Well, I think Anthony Edwards, with what the Timberwolves were working with, was the right number one pick. I think he fits with their pieces. Um, he's got a lot of upside. He's probably got the safest superstar uh, it, like route to being a superstar. I think he's the most likely. But I would say I think LaMelo Ball's probably got the highest ceiling out of everyone. But I think like the chances with the maturity and whatnot of that all working out are pretty slim. So you're saying we'll take Timberwolves off the table then. If if you could just select anyone as like whatever team you want, just as I want to get the best prospect out there, would you take um, Anthony? Or would you take Lamelo Ball? I I risk it. I'd go Lamelo Ball. You, you'd be taking Lamelo. Interesting. I'm getting, I'm getting a six eight point guard that's going to come into the league and be one of the best passers in the league from the. Oh, that's arguable. I don't know about that. Um, but no, that's a good take. I, I don't mind that. I personally am on the fence of Anthony Edwards. Um, I've never been a big Lamelo Ball fan. He he came over to Australia and um, he was just kind of handed a team and was like, you know, do whatever you want. And he, he showed some good signs. Like, don't get me wrong, he he's got a real good dribble. He can beat a lot of people off the dribble. There's some of those highlights where he like made that guy fall over twice, yeah. which is hilarious. You don't see that happen every day. Yeah. <laughs> but um. I just I don't see it really translating that much to the NBA, and and the fact that his defense at this point isn't really there at all. I understand he's like six foot eight, 
and it could if you get the right coach to kind of hone him in um he there could be some potential there but i've nev- never seen that effort he's always just being a bit of a spoiled kid kind of handed stuff and to some degree that isn't always excel in the nba um i, I don't know i just don't see even what you said there, he could be like one of the best passers in the nba he'd be on in terms of like highlight reel yes he'll be like one of the best but if you look at maybe turnover to assist ratio and things like that i, I don't think he would be up there so if you take all that in, into consideration with his bad shooting i understand as i said before he was given a green light, shoot when you want. But he shot pretty poorly. It was in the low 40s in an Australian league, which so, is a lot worse than the NBA. So did Anthony Edwards. A lot of the, a lot of the issues with Lamelo Ball, Anthony Edwards has had as well. There's so many questions on his maturity. He's not like an active defender. He's a bit of a liability in def- defense in a bad college team. And he shot like 29% from three in college. Yeah, uh, look, that's fair enough. I, I, they are actually very comparable. Yeah. Uh, I'll say that. They are very comparable. Um, if you look at their frames as well, you can say obviously Lamo is taller, longer. Uh, but Anthony Edwards, he's just a unit. He's built. He's, he's a, a unit. he's a big yeah. boy. Um, I I kind of who, who would you compare Anthony Edwards to? He's a, a, sh- a smaller James Harden. He's like that running back frame mm. of just like yeah. a brute that can get in the lane. Obviously, he's got like a forty-five inch vertical or something ridiculous. Yeah, but he he thrives off getting into the lane and, and forcing contact against these guards where he's just too big for them. Um, it's just he's 6'3", so he's a little undersized. But yeah, probably James, a small James Harden. Small James Harden. Not, not as crafty, obviously, with the ball, but you, you'd like to think that his handles could come along and he could um, mature with that. I, I think it's a great fit for the Timberwolves overall. Um, as, as you touched on, Lamelo wasn't the best fit for him. Having a having a backcourt with Lamelo and Delangelo Russell, yeah, giving up some points. Uh, you, 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 yeah, like that's like what one twenty points a game <laughs> on average on defense. I think you're going to give up. So, not. Yeah, I, I think the clear option for them was to go Anthony Edwards, just in terms of fit. Um, the Timberwolves have been losing for a long time now, and at some point you have to turn it around. Otherwise, you're going to lose Carl Anthony. Um, so. I think it was the best option for them. I, I still, as I said before, I think it was the best prospect. If I was taking a pick, regardless of the team, I'd be taking Anthony Edwards. I think he's got the potential to be pretty special. Still probably only, like as I said before, a B-plus kind of rating. But look, prove me wrong. He's a young kid. I'd love to see him go out there and just you know, absolutely kill it in a few years from now. But he, he's a solid build. I think he'll be pretty impactful from, from the get-go. So um, we'll, we'll move on to the second pick, um, James Wiseman. What's your take on James Wiseman? Uh, Wiseman's such a weird prospect because he was like unquestionably the number one high school player of this of this age group, and then came into college with all his hype, and then shut down college after like three games or something. So we've got such a small sample size of him. But I like again, this was I think in everyone's eyes the right pick. If they're not going to trade it, you take Wiseman. Um, it's it fills the need that they had. I think. Throwing into a into a core with the likes of Draymond Green and Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, these veterans that have done it before and can help him, I think is such a good environment. I'm actually probably the most excited about Wiseman out of all the rookies in the draft class in to see what he will do. Yeah, well, he's he's on a good team, obviously, so we'll see how that transpires. Um, I know what you mean. He's a big boy, um, seven foot, seven five wingspan. He's athletic. He's pretty built already. I mean, he could put on a bit more weight, but in terms of coming out of the draft that big, um, he's got the body for it. So yeah. you, you, you can you can pretty much say with confidence that he's going to come in and make a pretty good impact 
straight away. And, I mean, look, a center is what Golden State needed. Who, who was even their starting center this year? I don't even remember. They had Pascal. He was more like a power forward off the bench. Like Maybe Marquis Chris. I don't know. Yeah, yeah Marquis Chris played a fair bit of minutes for him, but he was, I guess he's more a power forward yeah, too. Power forward. Weird. It was a weird team. They're obviously trying people out to get contracts and prospects, I guess, for this season. Um but I think it was a good pick. I, I don't. I don't hate it. I think he has definitely has some potential. Um, could they have traded the pick? Yeah, there wasn't. Seems like there wasn't a whole lot out there. Doesn't look. Yeah, I don't think the fact that the, the top two teams were kind of shopping the pick voiced that it wasn't a valuable pick. So there's not going to be this huge, huge demand from other teams to come in and get one and two. So it was a pretty p- tough pick to to trade. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, look, all the big moves kind of happened beforehand. And even some of the trades out there didn't really make sense for them to begin with either. So I think it was a good pick. They need a center. And then hopefully you've got a building block for the for the future now as well. So good good work by Golden State. I think if they took anyone else, it, it would have been a bit of a question mark as well. I mean, if you take Lamelo, I don't think he's going to fit. I mean, he's being compared to Dillangelo Ball. Uh, sorry, Dillangelo Russell. Um, and obviously that didn't work. No. Um, so that wouldn't have worked. Uh, otherwise, uh, it's a bit of a drop off after that top three in terms of you know where people think superstar potential. Yeah, in terms yeah. of potential, there is a bit of a drop off. So it was a pretty clear option for them, and, and and they did a good job. So good work, Golden State. You you have a pretty good um building piece for the next you know few years. So um next time we we have touched on before but the third pick was of course lamello ball to charlotte um i guess we've spoken about what we think he he can be you think he can be one of the best passes in the league i'd slightly disagree i think (laughs) he'd be a highlight reel for sure um i i think he could be a good fit with charlotte what's your thoughts on him being playing in charlotte i think charlotte will be stoked to snag lamello because not only not only is he a great prospect but he he's a he's like a celebrity already. So they're a small franchise team. He's going to sell tickets, which a team like Charlotte, who's just lost Kemba, needs. I mean, yes, their best two players are guards, but it's Terry Rozier and Devonte Graham. So it's not like they're <laughs> they're locked in. They can move one of those pieces. So I think yeah, they'd be they'd be really happy to snag Lamelo at three, and he can have the keys to the team straight away and be an exciting prospect. Yeah. Yeah, I um I think he will be a reasonable fit because as you said, I mean Devontae Graham and uh, Terry Rozier being your two building pieces aren't the best to work with. So no. definitely an upgrade in terms of the future, in terms of what they can be moving forward. So um, ho- hopefully it works out well for them. The the one thing it, it could bring for everyone is the the showdown of Lavar Ball versus Michael Jordan could finally happen. Maybe we'll see some one on ones. That'd, be, we'll that'd two, be something. Two undefeated players, maybe in the one on one, go head to head. So. Finally, learn the true goat. <laughs> so, yep, that um, that's great news. Good, good, good stuff for the Charlotte, Charlotte Hornets. Um, the fourth pick ended up being Patrick Williams. Um, bit of a surprise pick here. He wasn't drafted to go this high. He was kind of some people had him obviously in top ten. Um, I don't think many people had him in the not the top four maybe, maybe a couple might, might have happened in the five six seven range but bit of a surprise pick um by the bulls they were in need of a wing so i guess that's why they they did do this because of the injuries they've had with um uh, otto porter jr he's had heaps of injuries now he was meant yeah. to be their starting small forward he isn't even the best player to begin with so i guess they're just hoping they can just kind of insert him he's, he's very young so there's potential there 
Um, but in terms of what he has displayed, it's obviously not a lot. Um, he's projected to be a good 3 and D combo forward. Um, I think that's the jury is totally still out for him. So oh, it's kind of like it's a full on. I I guess if you're the Bulls, you're like I think he's got the best ceiling. Um, that must have been the angle they're going for here. It's a strange pick. What's your thoughts? Yeah, he sort of came out of nowhere, started draft uh, climbing draft boards over the last week. But um, no, I'm not a fan of the pick at all. I think he's a good player. But if you've got the fourth pick, you've got to swing for the fences. I don't care. Like, Bulls are so far off even a playoff team, I reckon. And so you not don't draft on like, oh, where does he fit in the team? You take the best player. And I think there's players like Killian Hayes, uh, Danny Avdia, uh, even Tyrese Halliburton that have the potential, even if it's not likely, to become all-star players. And Pat Williams, sure, he has a bit of potential, but I think you can aim higher. I think this would be a good pick if the Spurs somehow locked out, lucked out, or like some decent team lucked out and climbed the lottery higher than they need. Then you pick for what you need. But when you're the Bulls, just take the best player. Yeah, well, I guess if you're on their side of the fence, maybe they thought he was the best player. Maybe they're like, you know what, I think he's got the best ceiling. Maybe they didn't, you know, particularly love the players that you did mention. So... Um, the jury's still out on it. Um, I think it, I think personally it was a bit questionable. You, you probably could have traded down for it if you yeah. really wanted to. You, you probably could have made a move and try to get a different asset. So from that aspect, there's a bit of a loss on, on the bull's end there, potentially. Um, but I mean, look, if you're looking at it right now, I'm looking at the ESPN rankings. He was ranked ninth. So from the go forth, there's a bit of a jump. You, you probably could have traded down and try to get another asset I'm there, sure so. sure Knicks would have offered him something stupid if they wanted to go down to eight. <laughs> oh, the Knicks were sold and topping, but we'll get into that a bit later. We'll, we'll move on to the fifth pick, Isaac Okoro. Um, he, he's a good pick. Once again, a small forward. Um, a good prospect, good, good physical tools for an NBA wing, which is his main drawing card. He's mm. long, he can defend. Um, can't really shoot. It's probably his biggest knock, but he can defend and... Uh, He's got a pretty reasonable basketball IQ. So what's your thoughts on Isaac Okoro? Yeah, look, this this one, the next one, um, Okongwu, are both similar to my opinions on Patrick Williams. I think all three teams could have aimed a little higher. They're, they're all safe picks, and I'm not knocking the players. They're gonna. I think they're all going to be decent role players in the NBA. But when you're picking four, five, six, I think you can sort of swing for the fences a little more. I do get that probably the two best prospects on the board were point guards, which Cavs are slowly collecting too many of. Um, but I, pro- I would have gone Obi Toppin or maybe Denny Abdiya, whoever you prefer out of that at this pick. I think they both have higher ceilings than Okoro. But I do think he's going to be a very useful role player in his NBA career. Yeah, I'll say with Okoro and with Patrick Williams, I think they fall into the same boat of GMs um, and, and I guess scouts out there being sucked into, oh, this is going to be the next Kawhi Leonard. He, he can't shoot, but he can defend. And it's just kind of like, uh, yes, that worked for the Spurs. They're one of the best development coaches, or like, I guess some teams in, in the league. Um, and yeah, look, Kawhi matured to be not only multiple defensive players of the year, but also an absolute beast on the offensive end. Mm. You, you can't like, it's annoying that teams just think that like, oh yeah, we can just kind of make this person into that. Um, I, and, and that's exactly what's happening. That's why these players have gone four and five, in my opinion. They're trying to do that. Um, it's, it's, it, it kind of reminds me a bit of, you look a few years back, you look at Josh Jackson, who went so high in the draft, 
and th- that's what it can end up being. You yeah. got someone like um, not as good of an example, but Michael Kidd Gilchrist spent like was it number number two in his draft, two or three, yeah. and it's like oh his defense we can bring along his shot. His shot was terrible, um, and probably obviously was not recoverable. But um, I feel like it's really such a hit and miss for these guys, and and if you're gonna draft them at the four and five spot, I think you probably want a bit more faith in, in what you're getting. So yes, that there's a ceiling, and it's a weird draft to begin with. But I think they, they've really been sucked into that category of, oh, it's the next Kawhi Leonard. And yeah. the odds are it's not going to end up like that. And a lot of these fans are going to be disappointed for such a big asset. Yeah. So, um, that being said, I actually don't mind Okoro. I, I prefer him over Patrick Williams, personally. I don't think Pat- Patrick Williams has really proved much at all. Um, Isaac Okoro, um, I, I still I think he'll be serviceable. Like, he'll, he'll be a good um, role player. To begin with, because he's really good on the and, and he, he actually plays with a lot of effort, which is actually which I do actually quite like about Okora. He's a big he can, he can be a bit of an energy guy, so everyone needs that. If he can um, get a bit of a shot, I think he he could be a really good player. So I, I can see the ceiling, um, but five. It's a weird draft, but yeah, look, five could be a bit high and aim, we'll, aim we'll a little back. higher. Mm. Dream, it, dream a little bigger, Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you think of the pick for like for Cleveland? Do you think it's a good fit? I mean, like, there's no fit with Cleveland. You just... I mean, they were playing Larry Nance Jr. at small forward for periods of last season, so... <laughs> I like it. <laughs> at least they've got Okoro as an He, he is a little undersized, Okoro, because he can't handle this. You can't really play him at the two, but he's he's only 6'6". Six, six. Well, you need a true point guard if you have him at the two. Yeah. But they already have the three, don't they? They have Colin Sexton, um, Colin, Garland. And they got Garland, yeah. They're two, oh, I guess, they point guard prospects. They two. Um, They've been playing a bit of combo guard with who I think is a terrible backcourt. Cleveland, what are you doing? You should try and... <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do, but interesting. Um, they did need a small forward. And and they're trying to shoot for the fences here, so... Get Denny Abdia. Look, Why we'll, did he we'll, drop so far? We'll get to Denny. You're obviously pretty high on Denny. We'll, we'll move on to the sixth pick, which was Onyeki um, Okonwu, yeah. who was a, the big center, defensive specialist. Um, he's been compared to Bam Adebayo and a lot of draft boards. I will say that he is in no way the offensive yeah. threat that Bam is. He's obviously athletic, but he is not that um, great passer that Bam is. Defensively, I think he's great. He can switch. He um, blocked a lot of shots. 3.5 blocks um, per 40 minutes, which is pretty good that Bam is, stats. That's good. He also, in 40 minutes, also averaged 1.6 steals. So very good counting stats um, for your, your per 40. Um, that's what you're drafting here. You're, you're trying to draft a center who's mo- uh, very much the modern NBA center, which I guess every team does want. Um, w- what's your thoughts on, on Yaki? Yeah, I don't hate it. Um, I think, first, can we address NBA media? Stop comparing players to Bam Adebayo. He is such an anomaly. Um, no one is like him. I said it before. He's one of the best. Like, Try and pick five better athletes in the NBA than, than Bam. He's like an absolute freak athlete. Yeah. So he's not Bam Adebayo. You're not, <laughs> you're not getting him, unfortunately, Atlanta. Um, but yeah, I don't mind it. There wasn't a lot in this draft for Atlanta when they were picking in terms of pairing it with Trey Young and where they're going. Um, so getting a, a he's going to be a very solid defensive forward, which is going to help their team. It looks pretty certain that they're trading Collins. So I don't really know where that team's going. Um, but it's a, it's a safe You're going to trading Collins. I think so. I think he's not a max player, but he's going to get the max from somewhere. Yeah, and I okay. think Atlanta aren't keen to pay it. That's fair enough. Um, and that look, 
What about the fit with Clint, Clint Capella? <laughs> Interesting fit between these two guys. I think Capella's destined to just sort of jump around team to team as a trade chip. That ev- <laughs> everyone sort of thinks like, yeah, he's a good player, but no one really wants him. There was like a month this season where he was putting up almost like 20 points, oh, sorry, 20 rebounds a game. He was, I know, he, he was, was in killing. my fantasy team. Yeah, he, he was smashing He was valuable rebounds. to me, he's just not valuable to NBA teams. <laughs> yeah, like a lot of people are saying uh, Conway could, you know, instantly be a pretty good asset for a team because defensively he's there. If you don't plug him, if he's not a big piece of your offense, that's fine. You can let the other players be offensive and he mm. can just, you know, pick and roll, whatever. So he's gone on a team where they are, they've got the bigs. They've got John Collins, they've got Capella. So maybe maybe there will be a trade, as you touch on, yeah, in the future, Clint. Or Collins could be on the move. Um, we'll, we'll see. I still I still like a combo. I think, as I said, he's a perfect fit for this day's NBA for a center. Yeah. So he he'll have a good career. Surely, like defensively, it's whatever it needs. Somebody can switch, block shots. Um, if you can develop a bit of a three-point game, you know, even better. Yeah. So I think there's, there's a good ceiling there. He's a good pick. Um, yeah. I, I don't hate it at the sixth spot. Yeah, I there wasn't much for him at six. Yeah. I think it's a good fit for that team. Like, yeah. you obviously, you're not going to get um, a point guard at this point. Like, you look at the next, um, you know, prospects we're going to go into. I think this is a good pick for... Atlanta and yeah. what they have. So good, good work, Atlanta. We'll move on to seven. Uh, Killian Hayes, the point guard, the Frenchman. Um, you, you're pretty high on Killian Hayes, aren't you? Well, what's your thoughts? Well, Mitch is really high. I think he's good. Um, I actually think uh, Halliburton was the better point guard prospect. Interesting in the uh, in the draft. But I mean, six five point guard, long arms. He's a bit like slow for me for when I see him. Like, he's got a nice handle. He's got some nice hardened step backs in there. So I think, like, the offensive game's there. It's not a finished product, but it, it's the pieces are there that it will develop into a good offensive game. I just... I, he looks too slow to me when I watch his highlights. Yeah, I think... I, wouldn't, I don't think he's too slow, but I think a good comparison for him, um, which I guess people... I, what I compared Lamelo Ball to is actually Talento Russell. And um, this, he's... Killian Hayes is so left-handed. Like, yeah. he's just so left-handed. Um, he's a bit... He's, a, he's pretty much Delangelo, um, but with a couple inches, really. He's 6'5". He's, he's bigger. Um, I think Delangelo's a bit smarter as well. I, I, the knock against Killian Hayes is I don't think he quite has the basketball IQ yet. I understand in, in the French League and in that Euro Cup that he played in, he was actually putting up a good amount of assists. Mm. But it was also turning over the ball a lot. So you look at the actual ratio for assist to turnovers it actually wasn't good mm. so that, that that's the knock to him um, you, you'd probably from if you're gonna um, you know look at the positive point of view he's putting up assists and hopefully he can develop that and take care of the, care of the ball a bit better so um, at the number 7 pick I think that's just kind of where he fitted he's going to the Pistons who who um, you, you can say they need a point guard who even though was their starting point guard like honestly I don't even remember it's such a trash team they're, Sorry, they're like fans. weirdly not in full rebuild. Like they're still. <laughs> they, they obviously have Reggie, but, but um, he's gone. So look, Killian Hayes, know. they'll slot. He'll get minutes. Hopefully, look, they can if he turns into D'Angelo Russell, which I think is a good comparison, I think Pearsons will be stoked with that. Yeah, I mean, look, D'Angelo made an All Star game, I yeah. believe. So, <laughs> no, he's a, he's a great passer. He just can't play defense. Yeah, yeah. So. Bit of the jury's still a bit out of him. I think he definitely needs a bit more development. I know Mitch is really high on him. I will say that Mitch was a big fan of Killian Hayes. I've even heard 
Um, Mitch say he'd take him with the number one pick. We, we yeah. get his take maybe later on. I think that's a bit controversial. A bit controversial. Yeah. I would I wouldn't rate him that high personally. Um, even in his projected role, he's saying he's going to be a big playmaker. But look, as I said before, he actually does turn over the ball a fair bit, and turnovers cost your team because that's pretty much it's the most efficient way to score is in transition. So, yeah. um, well, hopefully he can mature. It, it's a, it looks as I said, it's a strange draft. We'll, we'll see what he ends up being. We'll move on to number eight, the New York Knicks. I'll let you take the full handle on this. Obi Toppin gets drafted by the Ooh. Knicks. What's your thoughts? Um, I was I was real mad when it happened. Um, <laughs> yeah. What? I don't want another power forward, weirdly enough, in New York. <laughs> you don't want another power I forward? I think we actually have enough. <laughs> I don't know if the front office agrees with me, though. Um, I don't hate the pick. I think it was... I wanted Tyrese Halliburton, who I think is a genuinely good point. Like, he's probably the most intelligent NBA uh, player in the draft in terms of how he runs an offense. I think he... And he's exactly what the Knicks need because nothing I hate more watching the Knicks is just a bunch of players that take two seconds too long to pass the ball. (laughs) Um, So I was keen for Halliburton. Obi Toppin probably would have been my second choice if I couldn't have Halliburton here Um, because I think he's... He's, he's got a good shot for Rookie of the Year. I think he's going to come in and produce straight away. So, in my eyes, worst case scenario, he turns into a valuable piece, whether it fits us or not, that we can trade for something. So, it, it's not the worst pick, I think. And he's a New York native. It's a nice story. Um, I'll, see, I'll see where is he goes. Is he from New York? I didn't realize yeah. that. Okay. Well, that is a good story then. I'm happy that that's one of the positives you can take from it. Yeah. New York boy. Um, I will I'll do a bit of a fact for you. Um, arguably, a th- your four best assets, um, not including Obi Toppin. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, I'm going to say RJ Barrett, uh, Mitchell Robinson, yeah. Kevin Knox, and Frank Nilakina are all younger than Obi Toppin. Experience. <laughs> Bringing in experience. And I know this is a big knock. We heard Mitch say it on, on the last podcast. He, he's old. I understand that. I think it's a bit harsh to knock him just because he's on, on the older side. He was, a, he was a really late bloomer. He was like 6'2 in high school, and then he's jolted up. And if you look at his progression from his college each year and year, he does get a lot better. And it, from your end, as a Knicks fan, you're thinking, look, he can, he can keep progressing. He can keep getting better. Um, the one knock, I guess, is the defense side of things. Everyone's saying is his defense um, is his one big liability, which um, I think is pretty Tom, obvious. Tom Thibodeau. Perfect, perfect ground from the land. Yeah, that's true. And um, I know, are you? <laughs> I think Tom Tipper actually. Maybe it's a match made in heaven. Yeah. Maybe that's the perfect coach. This is where it all turns Tom. around. <laughs> so I don't hate it. Uh, I've compared Obi Toppin to um, an Aaron Gordon who doesn't particularly play defense well. Nice. So if you think that's a good asset, sure. Um, that being said, I do think he still has a bit of a ceiling. I think um, he's got a higher offensive ceiling than Aaron Gordon's hit. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. and that's what I'd, I'd build off next. He definitely has a better ceiling offensively. Yeah, totally. I, I think I think the ceiling game would be like yeah, twenty and ten player, and he, look, he'd be good to watch. Like he gets some highlight reel dunks. I'm not gonna be surprised if we see him in the dunk contest. That's good for New York. New York, yeah. that, that'll, that'll sell some we jerseys. We still exist, right? guys. That'll sell jerseys. It's not like they're gonna win now anyway. <laughs> so you might as well make some more money for that franchise. Good work to the GM to to sell some more jerseys. Good stuff. Um, Obi Toppin. Yeah, look, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hate the pick. I 
I don't I don't hate him. I think give him a few more years. I'm not going to be ageist like a lot of people are in drafts. I think give him a few years. Maybe maybe he can be a good player in this league. On that age thing, I think it's blown out of proportion. There's lots of like 18, 19 year olds get taken, i.e. Josh Jackson, that are out of the league in the next four mm. years. Whereas like Damian Lillard was the same age, if not older than Obi Toppin when he was drafted. He was, he was a senior. Yeah, they come in a bit later. Yeah. I mean, they're still 22, 23. They're still very young. It's sort of it's nice when it works out like a Devin Booker and a Jason Tatum where they're superstars by 22 and you're like, wow, I've got another mm. 10 years of this. Yeah. But... It's not. I wouldn't like let it knock you away from a pick if he's like a couple years older. I'll put up the, the best case scenario. Um, obviously, a player who came in a bit last. Uh, sorry, a bit late in CNBA was a uh, Larry Bird. Oh, yeah. So, uh, do we do we see any Larry Bird and Obi Toppin? Um, personally, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I just want to put it out there because um, maybe there are some Celtics fans that will listen and are a bit ageist, mm. and uh, I just want to say that. Let, let's not knock him for his age. Look, yeah. he, he can, he's still young. We'll, he, he can bring it. All right, we'll go... Um, he's, he's younger than you, Mitch. <laughs> well, uh, we'll move on to the ninth pick, who you've touched on a few times. Denny um, Advigia? I don't know. Can uh, you pronounce Advia. it for me? There Advia. we go, dude. I don't know. I'm his number one fan, apparently. I, I like... Look, I've been calling him Denny. I think it's a safe bet. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's a small forward from Israel. He's very young. Um, he's meant to be pretty versatile, big, can play the power forward... Um, can play the small forward, can shoot. Um, he, he needs to take strides in the defensive end. I think it's pretty clear. It's probably his one big weakness. Um, but he's big enough. He, he can ball handle too. He, he can be pretty creative in the open court. So I, I can see the upside. I personally think Denny is a buster. I'm going to say it now. Ooh. I don't like him. Um, I've seen some of his highlights. I, I think this could be a regret. He fell to nine. I was thinking he could go like top five. Well, he was projected four. Yeah, he so was, yeah. I don't hate that he fell to nine. Actually, where he's landed, I'm not too mad about because I thought he could be in the top five. But I think he's going to be underwhelming. I think worst case scenario, which is a very plausible scenario, is he becomes Mario Hazonia, <laughs> who I will point out was a lot more athletic. Than he, dunked he, on, he dunked on Giannis then. <laughs> so... But that's my opinion. I don't really like Denny a whole lot, which is interesting because you've been speaking pretty highly of him. So I will say um, one other point. He's been in, an inconsistent shooter who converted only 32% um, and 58% from the three-throw line, which is not very good. Not a good sign. And, and, and I will also say that's over a pretty reasonable sample size. 58% from the three-throw line is not promising at all. No. And... Look, if you, usually if you get those white guys from Europe, you want them to shoot, right? <laughs> white man can shoot. Yeah, they don't give you dunk contest they, athleticism. Exactly. And and that's one of the main reasons I'm looking at him. And I'm like, hmm, he's meant to be creative in the open court and um, reasonable ball handler for his size. But defensively, I feel like he's going to be terrible. And if he can't even shoot, what's the point of having him out there? Like, honestly. I mean, what's what's terrible on defense? He's 6'9". He's pretty big. Like, he's bigger than Patrick Williams is. Obviously not the same athlete, but... He's, he's a big body. Um, the shooting, I think, like, yeah, the stats aren't impressive, but it's pretty clear when you watch him, the mechanics are there. I think that will turn into... Mario Hazonia has good mechanics, man. Does he? I'd say he does. All right. Well, <laughs> Mario Hazonia's... Look, he, no, no, he... Give me the positives of Denny. I've, I've kind of trashed him a bit, but no, go for it. I think he... he if it works, and like I do, I do totally accept that it's it's a risky pick. I think it is like a bust or a work thing. There's no sort of in between with like a Nakora or Pat Williams where you're like, look, he's probably going to fit in the middle and he'll be a serviceable role player. Like there is a scenario where if Dia's out of the league, 
but I think there's also a scenario where you get like a a crafty slightly smaller Gallinari which I think is one of the better outcomes in this draft it's not a fantastic draft if you could get a Gallinari in this draft it probably is worth the fourth pick I don't know I, I wouldn't compare him to Gallo just because I'm you're looking at some of the things that people are saying and one, one comment as well is he struggles to create offense from standstill. Gallo was great from standstill and he drew a lot of fouls and then he'd be amazing from the three-throw line, which is just nothing that Denny is. So like, he's like the complete opposite of all those things. So, and, and I understand like defensively they could be the same. Height, yeah, they're, they're, they look similar, I guess, as well. But like, I, just, I don't see it for Denny. Well, he's obviously a very, very young kid. So I'm not going to knock him. He, he could turn it around, but I'm not, I'm not super solid. Yeah, I'm looking at ESPN had my overall fourth yeah. as the fourth best prospect, which I'm pretty surprised about. So, well, like, where did you think he was going to land? I th- I was I was pretty sure he was going to go to Chicago in four. Yeah, okay. Um, he was the odds-on favorite. I thought, yeah, because you're drafting on potential, really, when you're that high. And I think his ceiling is higher than a Isaac Okora or Patrick Williams. Some people have been comparing him to Luka Dantich, and all of you can please be quiet. Luka Dantich <laughs> is like a generational talent. We need it. It's like how people compare certain players to LeBron James. Like we need, we, we shouldn't be doing that. Um, Luka's almost averaged a thirty point triple double, and I can guarantee right now Denny's not going to do that. Hey, Luka's <laughs> struggling from the free throw line too. Similarity. Oh, well, he's not shooting fifty eight percent though, dude. That's yeah. like DeAndre Jordan. Wait till I'm D against the league. That's all he's practicing between now and December twenty two. Uh, all right. Well, um, we'll go to the tenth pick, uh, Jalen Smith. Um, he a bit of a he kind of climbed on the board. He, ESPN's ranked him at twentieth. So he, he is a big man, six ten, um, a seven foot two wingspan. Um, he's pretty versatile, and he and he can also hit the three. So he's kind of like a he can play the power forward or the center, and he can stretch the court, which any team really needs. Um, and he's pretty young. He he played a pretty reasonable season. So. I don't hate the pick at 10. Um, I, I can see his potential there. Um, well, what's your thoughts? I, I actually love the fit for the Suns. They've sort of turned the switch with the Chris Paul, pay, uh, Chris Paul trade. They're sort of more of a, we're making the playoffs. We're, we want to be contending in the next two, three years. They needed a power forward. He can shoot, so he sort of pairs well offensively with Aiden. He can still spread on that end. He's a great athlete, and he plays good defense. I think he's a really great fit for Phoenix. I say, what about the pairing of Aiden? You think, think they can work together? I don't see why not. If he like, he's already got a serviceable three pointer, and they're gonna want him to be the stretch four. So that's all mm-hmm. he's gonna work on. I think. Yeah, yeah I, look, I, he did. He shot thirty seven percent from three, which is good. Um, I'll give him that. Um, defensively, he probably isn't as mobile as what you want from a power forward. I think he probably he probably fits the center role a bit better. Yeah, in my opinion, I think. Which is interesting to put him with Aiden. I would like to see, in his rookie season, um, probably just to play a bit more off the bench and then have the backup center role and then play some minutes with Aiden because I think it would be good for them to play together. But if he just plays about 20 minutes a game and plays the majority of backup center and plays some minutes with DeAndre, I'd be happy with yeah. develop him. Um, but to be honest, Phoenix really are like win now because yeah. they got Chris Paul. That is a win now move. You got D-Book, really, who's in his prime. Like... Whoa, that's an I early mean, prime. He's what, 23? Well, he's the man, man. Like, <laughs> let's, He's already put up 70 points in one game. Yeah. Um, he's, he's a shooter. Um, so, I because they are win now, I wouldn't bother with putting him as my starter. I, I bring him off the bench, try and um, just make him better over the few, next few years. And then, as I say, yeah, 20 minutes a game for, for Jalen Smith, I think, would be more than enough. 
Um, he might even drop a bit bit less than that, but I don't, I don't hate the pick. I think it's still pretty good. It's a safe bet. Uh, he's, as I said, he's a player everyone needs. Uh, big, he can shoot. You'd like them to be a bit more mobile, but you can get away with a... If you have a pretty good service, a big that can shoot. So that's the top 10. Um, that's really all we wanted to completely wrap up um, in, in depth, but we will point out a couple picks that I guess we'd say was a bit of a steal or, or some players we want to mention that did kind of fall in the draft that are noteworthy. Um, who who got picked at, uh, by the Sacramento Kings? Um, boy, your favorite team, Michael. My boy, Halliburton, um, who I wanted at eight. But yeah, I reckon <laughs> that's a steal at 12. He's, he's such an intelligent point guard. His jump shot is a bit weird. It's a bit like Lonzo-esque, where like it only really works from a spot up, and I can't see how it works on a dribble pull up, which you do need if you want to do the pick and roll at a high high level. Um, but in terms of like you're just getting a smart point guard that's going to run the offense well, and that's guaranteed. And he's six five, he's got long arms. It's just yeah, at twelve, that's a really good pick. Yeah, it's a good pick. It's a bit of a steal. He was ranked eighth on uh, the board I've got in front of me. Um, he's a career forty three percent from three. Which is huge. Yeah. Um, 73% from the 3 3 line. So it seems pretty consistent that he will be a good shooter. Um, some players have shot 40% in college and it, it did drop off in the NBA. Well, I think Lonzo lit it up in college. Lonzo was over 40% from yeah. three. And um, he that obviously changed when he entered the NBA. I don't think Halliburton would be. I think, obviously, he's not going to shoot 43%. No. But he's gonna, he'll be pretty, pretty good from that um, end. And he's a big guy. He can guard. It's good to have a big point guard. Like yeah, it's nice. good to have someone that can, if you have a point guard that's six five or a good wingspan, he really can defend one through, th- one through three. three if yeah. he needs to. Yeah. So it, it's a good player to have in your team. At the twelve spot, great pick. Um, what about the fit with uh, De'Aaron Fox? Yeah, I mean, not ideal. Um, he can shoot at least. So you, he you, can shoot. He can play off ball. Yeah. So um, you can make him play off ball. Um, they probably could actually work together. Now I think about it, just because he can obviously guard the two and the three. Yeah. Um, pre- preferably the two. So maybe it could work. Um, it's still a steal. Look, at 12, it's a big steal. So it could work by the Kings. That's something they've done, right? Hey. In the not-too-distant future. Nailing it. <laughs> um, one <clears throat> noteworthy player I wanted to bring up is uh, my boys, the Miami Heat, picked up um, good old Precious. Yeah. My, my Precious, my Precious. <laughs> he, um, he's a good, versatile defensive player. So we'll see how he turns out. Um, he, he was ranked 12th on the board I've got. Ooh. Second for his position. So some people were pretty high in Precious. He fell to the 20 spot, which I think is a big steal. So great work by um, Miami. He, I think he'll be very serviceable on defense already this year. Um, he just needs to work in the shooting. Hopefully he becomes a really good kind of 3D role player is mm. what you kind of look for. That's definitely what they're trying to get there. Yeah, and look, at the 20th pick... I think that's a pretty 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 good sign. That's a good steal as well. So um, I think I can see him playing minutes this yeah. season for sure. I think he's yeah, he's exactly what they needed. Just a serviceable role player that they can actually just chuck into that rotation. Mm. <clears throat> exactly. So good steal there. Um, I guess some other note whether you could you could bring up RJ Hampton who who dropped the twenty fourth pick. And got traded. Um, and got traded as well, yeah. So he's on the move. Interesting um, I mean look the board I've got him he's got fifteenth and he's he's gone all the way down to twenty fourth. So, um, yeah, look, there's been... It's, it's a weird draft where a lot of people are moving and changing. So, um, I think three years from now, we could do a redraft and it would be it could be completely different to what we have in front of us. So... The ball boys thrive on that. And that's just that's content. Right. <laughs> More content for the ball boys. <laughs> All right, well, that's enough for the draft. 
we'll steer away and we'll, we'll, we'll jump into all of the trades that have happened thus far. And um, it obviously will account for a bit of the draft too, just because obviously a lot of trades that happened today. Um, the first one I'll talk about is what I have in front of me, which is uh, Trevor Reza gets traded uh, for the number 16 pick in a trade. Um, the Detroit Tristans reportedly added the 16th overall pick and um, traded Trevor Reza to Houston. So I believe he then also got traded pretty quickly after that. So he's been on the move. Um, I think he's pretty washed up, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, he showed a lot of signs last season that he's pretty washed up. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. But probably a bit of nothing. But look, Detroit, they got the 16th pick out of it. So congrats to them. Um, we'll do a trade that was earlier in the week next. Uh, Dennis Schroeder. Um, big pick for the Lakers. Well... It was uh, Schroeder and it was sent around uh, Danny Green going to OKC in the trade. And I think it was also the first round pick. 28th pick. 28th pick for for this draft. So what, what's your take on that one? I think that's a really good move from the Lakers. They're not giving up a lot. Um, if they have depth in anything, it's those 3 and D wings, presuming they're getting KCP back as well. Um, and they needed, they needed a ball handler that can take some... Some uh, some pressure off LeBron for creating. Um, Rondo sort of did it to an extent, but he's getting older. I don't know. They're probably going to re-sign him for at least another year, but someone that can score for himself, um, Lakers was certainly lacking. So Dennis Schroeder is a really good pickup for what they gave up. Yeah, I, I like the pick too. Um, it's probably telling signs that Rondo is probably on the move, and he likely is going to go to the Clippers, is what people are saying. But I still think it's an upgrade. He played really well in the playoffs. Um, for that OKC team he played great in the regular season he was a top 3 finisher for the 6th man of the year he was an absolute he put up 18.9 points off the bench which is huge especially when you only start 2 games he was 65. playing more minutes than Giannis though so <laughs> he was closing games and he was yeah. winning games so he was making a difference um, for, for that Atlanta Hawks team he almost averaged 20 points a game like, yeah, he no, averaged 19 he's a good player points. So empty, if, empty stats, but he is a talented player. Yeah, so if you can get someone that can score like that, I think I personally think he's actually one of the fastest players in the league. He's a absolute like you know he's a pretty yeah, lightning he's quick. quick. He's quick. So he's he's a I think he's a perfect fit for that six man role, and to back up I guess LeBron as the point guard is perfect. He can also shoot the three pretty well. Mm. I saw his shooting stat um, around the three point line, and in one of the corners he shot over fifty percent, which is huge. But he also shot about 40% from three-point range last season. Yeah. So we, we all know that usually works well for, for LeBron, and he can create his own shot too. So he's a great player to have. They needed a point guard, especially with Rondo on the move. So it's a big... For what they gave away as well, Danny Green gets sent out. That's a position they'll have to fill because he was a starting small forward. So we'll see what happens there with the starting lineup. That's going to have to move around a bit. But overall, great asset they brought in. Um, so, yeah, congrats to the Lakers on a big one there. We'll move on to the next trade, which is centered around the, the Sixers and Al Horford. Um, also involves Danny Green. So yeah. Danny Green was on the move again. the rounds. So he goes from Thunder to the 76ers. That obviously fits um, with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. And Al Horford gets traded to the Thunder with his huge contract, who a lot of people said was the worst contract in the league. <laughs> Which um, after last season it, it was it was a, a terrible situation for him though so 
the, the OKC could do another classic, bring on a bad contract, make him look like a good player, and move him on again. Yeah. Um, wouldn't surprise me at all if, literally by the deadline, because someone could need Al Horford. I know yeah. it isn't a bad contract, but like, if he can come into the season and look a lot more serviceable and actually play the center where he's meant to play yeah. and look like, oh yeah, this guy actually can put up you know 10 and 10 with like three assists while like pretty respectful on the defensive end. Yeah. People like people need that on a team. Um, so I think it's a great trade by the Thunder um, specifically um, just because they, they got assets back, right? That, that's the main thing. They got the 200, oh, sorry, the 2025 first round pick um, that could the, be anything with sixes. Could be any, yeah. Like who like knows they what that could, team's they could blow be. it up by then. In five years, like and B could be out, maybe with injuries, and maybe Ben's been traded. I don't know. Yeah. Um. So it's lightly protected. I will, I will mention that, but it's still an asset. So they've done well. I think they've done very well in that trade. Um. The, on the sixes end, look, Danny Green actually is a really he's he's older now. He he's one of those players who will play good on one night and then play terrible on another night. Yeah. But he always steps up defensively. He's always pretty serviceable. I don't think he's got many good seasons left in him. But I still think it's a good fit for him. I wouldn't be giving up my 2025 first round pick for him, personally. Well, I, th- I think they were giving that up to for someone to take the Horford contract. They yeah. wanted to get off Horford. They had to get off Horford, yeah. So I think you're right there. So overall, it probably is a win-win. Yeah, I think this will... I can see this turning out for a win-win for both. I think Horford will have a, a lot better year this year with the Thunder. And it sort of... It works in their timeline. Because they are technically in a rebuild, but they're a rebuild with... Like, it's a Celtics rebuild, where they can actually still semi-compete and just be getting these picks. So, bringing in a player like Horford, who, again, can help mentor these younger players, I think's a really good thing for OKC. I think he can have a better year and increase trade value, and maybe they move him on again, like they did mm-hmm. with Chris Paul. Yep. Yeah, I think you're right. I think they'll move... Like, they got him and Steven Adams now. So, they're definitely going to move one of them, I think, before the deadline. Yeah. Um, especially because I believe um, Adams is... I think it's his last um, contract for this one. So, he's expiring. Yeah, he's expiring at the end of this season. W- w- which is valuable. It's always valuable to move on. Well, it's just... It's a good way to move a contract. And he's expiring. Yeah. We know the big 2021 free agency is going to be huge. It's not going to affect your books. But you can obviously step in and play a role for a, for a playoff team so yeah. we'll see what happens there um, we'll move on to the next trade which is the Timberwolves bring back Ricky Rubio he's back how about that eh um, obviously he'll be in a backup role behind um, Delangelo Russell so we'll see I think he's a good starting point Oi, they could play him together you think they could work together well I think D'Angelo probably is more of a two guard than how he play, except for his elite like pick and roll offense mm. yeah that's fair enough actually because he can spot up Carney yeah Rubio's actually developed a shot since he left Minnesota the first time yeah okay so defensively I'd be a bit worried but offensively it could work yeah um, yeah that's fair enough so in the trade um, it sent the 17th pick um, and also picks um, and then so that was sent to OKC and then um, OKC got the Rubio Picks 25 and 28. So a bit, a bit of picks being switched around, but Rubio was the main centerpiece for that one. Um, I, yeah, look, I don't, I don't hate it. I don't know. I, I think it's... Maybe they could move... I don't, I don't think he's really a backup point guard, so maybe you're right. Maybe he will have a bit of time in the starting lineup. It's a weird fit, though. Um, I think Timberwolves are clutching at straws. They're just sort yeah. of trying to do something that works, but... It's a big day for him. 
Anthony Edwards and oh, they, they were busy and Ricky Rubio yeah, yeah so they were, they were busy doing things which is good that's what you want to see for a team that are kind of fighting for that playoff position if you have a centerpiece like Cat so we'll see how it turns out I'm I'm not in love with it though personally no um, defensively I think it's going to be a lot of issues but that team defensively probably will have a lot of issues so um, we'll, we'll move on to a pretty big win for the Sixers next so they brought in another shooter they got Danny Green now they're de- bringing in Seth Curry who is one um, of the best shooters in the league statistically one of the best shooters ever there you go if you look at the percentages so he's also the best yeah best shooting Curry of all time facts statistically yeah. <laughs> can't argue with that statistically yeah <laughs> um, so he, he was a great fit with the Mavericks with what Luca had because Luca creates space he can kick it out and whenever he kicked it out to Seth I always thought it was going in like every time there was games where he'd shoot like 7 from 9 yeah you know 6 from 8 like he would light it up from 3 and he will be just as useful with Ben Simmons that's a great fit with Ben um, even Joel likes to kick it out a fair bit he'll go for a bit of the post post and kick it out so um, Seth can work pretty well off ball make cuts get open and hit a 3 like that so I think he's a perfect fit for this team yeah well JJ Redick fit mm. perfectly for whatever reason they let him go um, and this is a pretty he's, he's not JJ Redick but he's a pretty good uh, well, he's pretty much a better version of JJ Redick now well, I like, think JJ Redick's got elite off ball movement I think that's what yeah, separates that's true. him that's fair enough yeah JJ off ball is um is pretty pretty damn impressive um, Seth when he's open though oh, if Seth has in. an open shot that's mine in. so great fit for the Sixers um He's 30 years old, which is surprising. I don't think he's that old. His career high in three-point is 45.2% from three. Damn. It's pretty damn good. So, big big win for them. Um, he averaged, what, 13.7 points last season. So, pretty reasonable. What they um, what was given up in the trade was uh, Richardson, who was meant to be one of their big, you know, 3 and D defensive specialists for the, you know, one of the best defensive lineups of all time um, preseason of last season. Um, didn't work out for him. He, I don't like. I just don't really know why it worked. I feel like in Miami, they always work so well with kind of the guards that can handle a bit and shoot, mm. and they bring out the best in them. Mm. And he looked amazing in Miami. He was like a really good, really good. Like I'd say he's better than a role player. He was kind of like that step above. He was. He was like the next step was like an all star. Like he was yeah. like on that trajectory in Miami. He was looking. He had a season one. where he averaged like twenty four and five or something like that. Oh, it wasn't that. It wasn't twenty four. Oh, no, you mean twenty four yeah. and yeah. five? Yeah. Yeah. He he was pretty impressive. He was balling, and then he, he definitely dropped off. Everyone thought he'd be pretty better at at the Sun seventy sixes team, but it didn't work out for him. So I think um, with Dallas, they did need a wing that can defend. Mm. That was something they def- desperately kind of did need, and they still brought in someone who can also shoot. Not as well as Seth, um, but... He can handle a bit as well. And Yeah, he can. He can. So with him and Luca, that's going to be their guard lineup. They're going to have him and Luca at the guards. They could bring in someone else a bit smaller, potentially, if they want to go small ball. But it's, it's a good fit for him. It's a win-win for both teams, yeah. in my opinion. There's got win-win written all over it. Mm. So good work to both those teams. Great trade. Um, I think that was also the 36th pick thrown in with um, Jay Rich. Yeah. So that's how it was um, obviously happened during the draft. Tyler Bay. Um, oh, Tyler Bay, yeah. Tyler Bay, he was actually a, a good prospect. Tyler Bay, so we'll see how he works out. Um, we'll move on to the next trade. So, 
This one is sent around uh, Robert Covington being sent to the Blazers. Um, the bla obviously, the Blazers very short-handed on small forwards, so they needed a small forward. Big pickup for them. Um, what, what's your thoughts on this one? Uh, it's a bit whatever to me. I think, like, yeah, theoretically, great pickup, but I think Trailblazers have far... Like, they need to upgrade on CJ McCollum if they want to contend. They're in such a weird spot where, like, they can do a good trade like this, and I still go, great, maybe they get out of the second round now. It's it yeah, I think it's more interesting. They made the conference finals, not obviously these players, but the players before. NBA has gotten better. <laughs> Teams are stronger. It's a stars league. Their second star's not good enough. Yeah okay, um, I think that's fair enough. That it's still going to help their team. Yeah. Um, the one interesting aspect, maybe we'll flip it back and we'll look at the Rockets side of things. I think this obviously sets up that they're going to make more moves. And when I say more moves, I'm talking about. Westbrook and, and James Harden saying they're both going to leave. Um, we may, probably won't delve into that too deeply. We might talk about that on a, on a separate pod in terms of where they could go. But I think that really sets up yeah. the foundation for, hey, the Rockets are going to shuffle the shit out of this tearing team. It, tearing it down. Tear it, yep, <laughs> burn it down. Burn it down. So the Rockets are going up in flames. Um, well, certainly the beginning, I think. So, yeah, look, I guess it could be a win-win. Um there's still yet the yeah. I think there's a few more things to play out, but Blazers got a small forward. They needed one, so it could work. Blazers. We'll move on to um, the Bucks nextly. So a huge trade with Drew Holiday. Huge trade with Drew Holiday. They sent over three picks, first round picks, two of which are unprotected, and then also two um, swap rights on two other picks. So th there's five picks, first round picks in there. Um, that could completely go in the way of, of New Orleans. Three are guaranteed, obviously. Two swap rights. Yeah. So, pretty um, significant deal for a player that uh, made the All-Star game... One time. One time. And um, even then was a bit arguable in a very weak Eastern Conference yeah. um, at the time. So, yeah, look, I, I will say defensively, yes, he's elite. Um, I don't... Do I, do I love the fit? I'll let you break it down first. Well, what's your overall take on on this one? Um, I'm a big fan of the move. I think like they did give up a lot. Don't get me wrong, but I think like he's an improvement on Eric Bledsoe in every facet of basketball. He's a better shooter, better playmaker. He is the best defensive guard in the world. Um, and on top of all that, and obviously the Bogdanovich trade, which we'll talk about in a bit, has gone downhill from there. But two days ago. The Bucks were making real good moves, realistically, to sign Giannis. That that is their goal with all of this is to re-sign Giannis and Drew Holiday. Like the the Bucks have done all they can do, I think. Like there wasn't a market for them to get a Bradley Beal. There wasn't a market for them to 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 land this big free agent. They don't earn the money. So I think bringing in Drew Holiday and if they do manage to get that Bogdanovich deal, I think that's a really good deal as well. Is probably the best they can do. Do I think it makes them a championship team? No, I think <laughs> I don't think Chris Middleton's good enough. Yeah, okay, and I think that actually kind of is what it comes down to, because the biggest weakness that that Bucks team had was like they needed like a closer, a, a go-to kind of scorer who can score on anyone. Because we know that when the game slows down in the playoffs, you can home in on Giannis, who look one of the best players in the open court we've ever seen, hands down. But 
that doesn't really work in late game situations. No. Because you can the pace slows down, and when you have someone like a Drew Holiday who's now being slotted in, um, I don't think that's going to boost your offense a huge amount. Um, yes, he can shoot a bit better than Eric Bledsoe. Defensively, he's huge, amazing defender. But if, if you look in the Eastern Conference, who's he really going to lock down? You got, I guess, Kyrie for Brooklyn. Um, lock down your boy Jimmy. He could play on Jimmy. That, that that's true. But I mean, like that's such a deep team. Are you going to put him on like Tyler Hero and um, yeah. I, like they did moves so well off ball like Duncan Robinson and Tyler? I guess you would put him on Jimmy. It's there's not many guys in the East where I think you can just like oh yeah sweet we got Drew to, to shut him down. So it's um they gave up so much for this. They gave up so much as you said before. Like if they could get someone like a Bradley Beal. They need someone who's like a like. I feel like if you, if you, Giannis is going to ring um win some rings, he he needs someone like that. He needs he needs like a Devin Booker. He needs a Bradley Beal. He needs yeah a Jimmy someone, Butler. Someone that can close it. Exactly. Giannis can win the first three quarters, and if exactly. that fails, you've got a closer. He needs the closer, and I don't think that's what Drew is. And the one thing that you're hoping as a Milwaukee fan is that um that can be a, a, as you touched on that that's Middleton. And I'm not too sure if it is. Um, I think literally the fate of Milwaukee left is literally in Middleton's hands at this point because Drew Holiday's not that kind of guy. He's a specialist and he's amazing on the defensive end and he's very good on offense. But with the team that he's with, I'm, I'm not too sure about it. So And they gave up so much. Like the 2025 unprotected first round pick. 2027 unprotected. Who knows where this team's going to yeah, be in, Giannis, in that point? Giannis could be in Miami. I think then. exactly. I think it's to some degree it's pretty careless pick. Well, you like, got you got to risk it. There's no way you're getting stars without like taking a risk. Like look at Clippers with Paul George. They are putting everything on the line, and you you have to. You're not going to bring in a star in this league without giving up a lot potentially. I'll say one knock I guess to the league is like that scenario was a bit different where it's kind of like oh. Uh, if you send all those assets to PG, you also get Kawhi who signed them. But, but, but Bucks could be looking at it as, as, if we don't do this move, Giannis isn't re-signing. Yeah, but like Giannis is playing for this team. It's just kind of like, hey Giannis, look how much we're going to give up for this. Like, I think there could be something better out there, maybe mid-season or whatever. I don't know. I I understand, I to some degree I understand why they did it, but there's also another part of me that's just kind of like, hey guys, you, you work together, you're in the same company. Why can't you both kind of help each other a bit? Um, I think Milwaukee could really re- regret this. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they could regret it. And one of the worst things, apparently there was actually a huge market for Drew. You had Brooklyn bidding for him. You had the Celtics bidding for him. Um, There's there a lot of buyers out there. And I heard I heard facts of um, the Celtics offering Gordon Hayward in three firsts, which says a big... Um, I don't know why, but I, I feel like he's a probably a better fit for them. But... I understand that they had to make something happen, but they've totally overpaid. Totally overpaid. And if they bring back Giannis, awesome. Hopefully they can do something more in the future. Because um, I, I feel like what they have right now still isn't enough to win a championship, especially against... I think... I mean, they almost got swept by Miami. Right now, maybe it's a seven-game series, but I still... I'm backing my boy Jimmy every day of the week on that team because Giannis... He's, he's like there's no go-to it has to be Chris Middleton and I don't think that he's that well, guy do you not think Bogdanovich like obviously well, he's not, he's not even not guaranteed just, now yeah but I, I, 
a day ago when Bogdanovich was deal, I would have given Bucks an A plus. Bogdanovich like, isn't a guy that trade. can get off his shirt like and like he hit like three game winners last year. Like he like he's not obviously he's not like a Kawhi Leonard level like closer, mm. but in terms of that tier below, he's like right up there. I just don't think he creates his shot that well. He, he, he can, he's he can got hit, some nice step back threes. He can hit clutch shots. Um, I will say that, but I feel like his actual creation isn't as elite as what you need for a championship team. So, um, well, I, yeah, yeah, that's my take. I, ideally, yeah, but I think like Drew Holiday can create a shot. I think Middleton can create a shot. I think Bogdanovich can create a shot. If you have three out there. Obviously, you would prefer a dude that you go like nine times out of ten. I give it to him. He's getting his shot off, and they don't have that. But I think that's the next best thing of having three good players at it. And yeah, well, that's the thing. And but I feel like in that ISO or in that late game situation, Middleton's their best option, right? I, I would have thought Bogdan. I think Bogdan. You reckon they get a better, better, better shot creator than Middleton? Okay, so yeah. if it's look game seven, buzzer beat a time. Hey, Bogey, you reckon, Bogey hit three last year. You reckon you'd be going to Bogey? If he's he's got coach. a game winner in him. Yeah, okay. Interesting. Well, <laughs> that trade is um, yet to transpire. No. So should we go on to that next? Yeah, the Suns left out quite a crucial part to the yeah. sign and trade. Well, no, sorry, the Kings, I think. Oh, sorry, uh, Kings The Kings, did, yeah. who uh, have always been a very reputable uh, <laughs> franchise in terms of their, their management, um, have this time decided to make a trade with the team, saying that uh, their player will sign a contract when in fact there was no agreement on that. <laughs> um, it's The rumors are now that um, Bogdan has pretty much denied that he likes to be a part of that sign and trade. He didn't sign anything. <laughs> so there's no sign and trade happening at this point in time. Go King. <laughs> so the Kings, great management there. Good, good work, guys. Yeah. Um, it's actually is a shame because he was actually a great fit for that um, Bucks team. Perfect fit. Perfect fit. Um, as I said, personally. If you can close, that, that'd be awesome. But um, you need Giannis with some three-point knockdown shooters. So, bit sad. I feel like the Kings, even in the trade that they had, um, you know, that was meant to happen, I feel like they probably could have gotten more. It had um, DiVincenzo, DJ Wilson, and Ilya Sova. And it's just kind of like, look what players are giving up for Drew Holiday. And you look at, like, Bogdan, he's a good player. Like, he almost put up, like, 20 points a game. Great three-point shooter. Every team wants that. I feel like they definitely could get something more. I guess the best asset there's DiVincenzo, but I don't really like DiVincenzo. I guess he's got a bit of a ceiling. but He's okay. Yeah, I feel like what they are bringing in here really is just kind of paying the cents on the dollar. Yeah, it seemed like a steal for the Bucks. Mm. Like, DiVincenzo is the only like notable asset they're giving up. and yeah. He's like, I think like best case scenario, he reaches Bogdanovich's level. Exactly. Like in three or four years. And I don't think he will. And, and that's pretty <laughs> unlikely. So so I guess maybe the Kings were like, oh, we, we know he's going to get paid somewhere else and we don't want to pay him. So they're just going to try and get whatever asset they can get. But I still feel like there's something better out there. There could have been something more. So maybe now that uh, the league knows that Bogdan's on the move, potentially, maybe we'll, we'll get some more calls. And maybe this is all a master plan by the Kings operations. They're like, hey, we'll just throw this out there. Um, and, and we'll make some magic happen. So Kings are always a step ahead. Maybe man. maybe they are, dude. They're, maybe. they're a good franchise. <laughs> uh, okay, well, um, that's all the drafts. I've got, I, sorry, all the trades I've got in front of me. Do you have any, any more you wanted to touch on? There was, um, I don't know if you've heard of this guy, Chris Paul. Chris, oh, who's he, sorry? Uh, he's this point guard. I, I don't know if it's a big trade, 
but some people are saying it is. <laughs> um, I feel I feel embarrassed to skip over this one. This is the biggest trade of the se- off season so far. Chris Paul to Phoenix Suns, um, huge move. I'll, I'll say before we get into the breakdown, who, where do you think the Phoenix will finish this season with Chris Paul now? Mm. If they're all healthy, where are they going to finish? Well, see, before Warriors were a lock, now the whole Clay Thompson thing, I don't know where they sit. So I think it's 7th or 8th, depending on if Warriors... If, if Warriors are out of the playoffs again, I think they could sneak up to a 7th, 6th. But I think I think they'd, they'd feel pretty confident that they are making the playoffs, for sure. I, I agree. I think they could even push for the 4 seed, best Ooh. case scenario. I guess Rockets are gone as well. Actually. Yeah, Rockets, few teams Rockets should be out too. I think the four or five, I think, is achievable for them as yeah. best case scenario. Yeah. I think the most likely scenario would be the, the six or seven. Yeah. Um, but I think that, that should be a playoff team for sure now. Oh, like, if, if they're not a playoff team this year, just, it's only gonna just be let Booker go, man. No, he's under a lot more years. No, nah, but he's in prison if they can't make the playoffs this year. Look, I'm, I want to see that Free man in the book. playoffs. Free book. <laughs> I want to see that man play some playoff basketball because I love D-Book and he's built for the playoffs. Oh, yeah. So, and him with Chris Paul, a vet, um, can show him around a bit. We know D-Book works better with a, a kind of traditional point guard. Like, with him and Ricky actually worked really well together. Oh, I love that fit. So, and Chris brings a bit more defensively as well as, I mean, his, his IQ is one of the best of all time. So, good pickup. His contract's still a bit scary, but... um. I guess you got these two guys locked in for years now, D-Book and Chris Paul. It's a pretty threatening backcourt, along with a lot of other very good young players. So um, I'm kind of excited for Chris, just because, you know, he's built for the playoffs too. Um, hopefully they can make a bit of noise. We'll, we'll see. If they if they go to that 4 or 5 seed, look, if they get to the... I reckon ceiling is second round for him. Yeah. Uh, that would be a huge achievement, because they're still pretty young. So, um, yeah, look... I'm pretty. I'm, I think it's a win-win all round. Um, you look on the other side of things. Um, it was Kelly Oubre, yeah, who got shipped out. Who I did like. Um, I think. I think Chris Paul is still a fair fair trade there. You still bring Chris Paul. You, obviously, Ricky Rubio was also involved. Yeah. So Ricky and Kelly were probably the centerpieces. Um, they did get one first round pick, twenty twenty two. And we know Sam Presti, is, he loves those draft picks, doesn't he? Yeah, he's a fan. So Oklahoma pick City, uh, get another pick <laughs> under their belt. So kudos to them. Um, they still gave up a fair bit for Chris, in my opinion. Even though it's a good fit, um, I still think they gave up a fair bit. Because Kelly, I think, still got a good, bright future. No longer a bright future son, but still a bright future. And... Uh, still a first round pick so and I th- I believe it was pretty far in the future too it's 2022 two years okay well that's not too bad then they're not going to be a bad team by 2022 so that's yeah. not going to be a lottery pick okay well maybe it's not as, as bad as I thought but um, if you look at one thing I will mention is the amount of assets that OKC have now gotten from Russell Westbrook is ridiculous and it's obviously they flip him for Chris Paul and they bring him was it, three first round picks yeah. along those lines and then they flip Chris Paul get another first-round pick, get Ricky um, and Kelly. Kelly's like a good young player. And then they and then they flipped Drake Ricky. Rubio. Like, Ricky Rubio's gone too. It's just like the amount of assets they've gotten from Westbrook is pretty phenomenal. MVP, baby. So, Sam Presti, you're, uh, you're outplaying a lot of GMs out there. Yeah. That's all I'll say. 
Um, any any more you want to touch on with uh, the Chris Paul trade? I think I think it's a it's a good move for both teams. I would have been I was kind of curious about whether Chris Paul was actually going to leave this year because I I couldn't think Suns weren't in my consideration. Obviously, Bucks were really heavily rumored, and I couldn't see like a pick, uh, sorry, a trade offer that OKC would jump at to the point because they could have just sat on Chris Paul again for another year and then done a sign and trade. Well, actually, I'm I'm glad you brought up the Bucks side of things. You giving up Drew? Sorry, you you bring in Drew for all those draft picks, and it's just kind of like, yeah, I guess it's win now. The only thing it took for the Suns was really the one draft pick and and one kind of good asset because Ricky Rubio's contract is pretty shit, so it's not the best asset really. They could have compiled something obviously to bring him in, and they wouldn't have to give up all the things they did for Drew Holiday. Um, so, it's a matter of making the contracts line up though. And I never like I didn't look into it, but Bucks may have had to give up because like Brook Lopez is on a tiny contract. Like they've got some valuable pieces on small, so I don't know if they have players on a huge contract that they could have put in a trade to make the numbers match. They may have had to have give up like Chris Middleton to make yeah, that okay. trade work. Yeah, well that that's fair enough. Maybe it would have been something a bit more, a bit more to be thrown in. But uh, yeah, I feel like if Eric you look at it like say, that, yeah. Just, do that offer for Chris Paul, but I, I feel like, like, yeah, it, it, this would have made a bit more sense in my mind. They wouldn't have to give up as many assets. And you, like, who would you rather have next season on that Bucks team? Would you rather Chris Paul or Drew? Oh, Chris Paul. No you rather go Chris Paul? Yeah. yeah. And the th- and the other thing is like, at least you have Chris Paul locked down for years. Um, this is, I believe, the last year in Drew's contract. I think he's got so one or two. It might have a player option. It's um, it's not a huge, it's not a huge contract for so many picks. Mm. So yeah, look. There's different ways you can take it. I, I think that would have made more sense. Um, but look, in the end, Chris Paul was at Phoenix, and I'm very excited to see him play with D-Book. So. Yeah, I'm keen for Phoenix Suns. Let's go Phoenix. Bright future Suns. And, and Obi Toppin out of the Knicks. Shout out. <laughs> I'm really excited about you two. The next um, Amari Sotomayor is that, what people are saying. That's what I've been told. All right. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Um, we, we had some fun here breaking it all down. Next time, we'll probably go into a bit more of the... Um, draft rumors we'll probably break down more um trades as well um try the trade rooms and we'll break down some more trades so um i had fun i hope you, you guys have as well um have a good one and until next time ladies.